Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports, the podcast where comedians talk sports. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. If you're checking out the podcast for the first time, welcome. I'll get into what this podcast is all about. And uh, this is a return, a return from a long hiatus. About a couple months I took off there. I'll explain the hiatus. But first, follow the podcast on Twitter. That's at Comedy Sports Pod. Give myself a follow. That's at Joe Kilgallen, J-O-E-K-I-L Gallon. You can spell that. You're smart. You're listening to this podcast. Also, we are on the Punch Drunk Sports Comedy Network, punchdrunksports.com, to see a whole slew of amazing podcasts. They're all sports and comedy related. You'll love them. Check them out. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Do you follow something on SoundCloud? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, subscribe to it on iTunes. Leave us a review. It goes a long way there. All right, today is Monday, October 2nd, 2017. I'm recording this in Chicago, Illinois, around 3.45 in the afternoon. And wow, it's been a hell of a day. I actually was planning on recording this late last night to have it out earlier today. And in a way, I'm glad I didn't, even though it's a really somber day to be doing a sports comedy podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know by now of the terrorist attack. That's right, terrorist attack that happened in Las Vegas in which uh, a piece of shit, you know, I'm just going to call it what it is. And luckily, since I'm on a podcast, I'm not censored by any actual corporation or entity i could just call it like i see it this old piece of shit terrorist murdering fuckhead i don't know i could keep going i could say worse things this isn't what that's about though uh unleashed a lot of bullets into a crowd of twenty-two thousand people in las vegas just outside of mandalay bay late sunday night and i believe the number is now up to 60 dead and close to over close to 500 wounded yeah, they were at, there was a country music festival there. I don't really know who was performing at the time. It doesn't matter either. Obviously, it's a it's a horrible tragedy, and um, you know, but uh, you know, it's it's getting too commonplace for this. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this for the first time, normally we don't. I have to address it. What am I not human? I'm not going to mention what's going on right now. It's the the most casualties of a, it's the biggest mass shooting as far as casualties of life and people wounded in American history. And I feel like that I know the Orlando one at the time was the biggest and uh, Virginia Tech was. So it seems like every few years we're breaking previous records here. And that's fun in sports, but not fun in the game of murdering. You know what I mean? See there? Look, I just tied sports in what I'm talking about right now. Tragedy. Uh, I will. Don't worry. It's going to get funny. I'm, I, you know, I have to address this up front. Like I said before, I'm a human being, you know, and so are you. So you can't just ignore this type of stuff. Sports is an amazing thing. And so is comedy because it's an outlet. It's, it is an escape. Although I've never liked it when people talk about entertainment as, a, as an escape. I guess an escape's fine. But when pe- people label it as a distraction, you know, music is a distraction. Sports are a distraction. I mean, because distraction to me just seems to have a negative connotation to it where I just think of these things as just a, enhancers of life they make life better sitting around talking about sports having a laugh that's fun listening to music and again music this sucks too I, I'm even the bearer of bad tidings this is comedians being sad this is what this podcast should be retitled for today I'm glad I relaunched it right now but I, I wanted to get it out there I figured if I waited another day then what, what else is going to happen and then things aren't as relevant it's the thing with sports, it's time sensitive. But I, you know, I mentioned music a few seconds ago. Tom Petty died like a couple hours ago. This was announced. 
Tom Petty of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Can't forget about the Heartbreakers. It's like if you say Huey Lewis, you guys say, hey, and the news. Come on now. He, uh, may, I think Tom Petty's up there with Prince and David Bowie and a few other artists where just you're hard-pressed to find someone, regardless of background, who doesn't like Tom Petty. And he's another one of those guys where you forget how many hits. That's what's amazing. I'm scrolling through Twitter and everyone's sharing like a link to a song, like a YouTube link to, you know, one of their favorite Tom Petty songs. And every tweet is almost something different. You know, some artists, you know, all right, everyone's tweeting this song. But this, it's just, it's a new, everyone, it's a new, every other tweet I'm seeing, it's, oh, there's um, Free Fallen, there's um, The Waiting, there's uh, Running Down a Dream, there's, um, there's just so many great songs. The guy was fantastic. Uh, sorry, I've just hesitated there because a friend of mine sent me uh, a tweet in which I'm like, what is he talking about? All right. Um, yeah, so Tom Petty dying. That really blows. That dude was cool. He had like a unique voice, like a little gravelly. I think I think I liked a lot of singers with gravelly voices. Kirk Cobain, gravelly voice. John Lennon. Liam Gallagher. You know, you got to have a little rock and roll to you. I don't like it when it's too smooth. You know, where they're trying to hit every note. It's rock and roll. You need to hit every note. It doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to rock. Tom Petty got that. Great musician. As far as I know, nothing horrible about him. I hope, let's fingers crossed, because it feels like nowadays you have to be perfect to get any sort of RIP status going, I guess. You know, Hugh Hefner died last week, and I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. And then everyone's like, no, it's not. He's a piece of shit. I'm like, was he? I didn't know. Well, he exploited women. I'm like, well, I mean, it was the 60s. Wasn't that the point of the decade? I'm not saying the point was to exploit women, but... I, I don't know, I thought that was kind of like a liberation thing at the time, but then people were like, no, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know. I will back it up a little bit. Still, though, that guy, I mean, 91, you're going to have some issues, you know what I mean? There's no perfect 91-year-olds because there's just the way life changes. I turned 33 last week. I, I'm not, when I'm 91, I'm sure there's going to be a few things where I'm like, man, I can't believe I did that when I was 33. So that's just that's just how it goes. All right, um... We're going to get into sports now. I just want to explain, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I will touch on current events, as you've already heard. But for the most part, I like to talk about sports, do it in a humorous way, make fun of the players, make fun of the fans, especially the fans, and just uh, take the piss out of it, as my Irish and English friends and Scottish friends, and probably Australian and Welsh too, for that matter, like to say, uh, don't take it too seriously. I do like to get into sports impact on society. One of my favorite reviews of this podcast, someone once said that it's like if Mark Marin had a sports podcast, which I like that, actually. I try to be like almost, I mean, humor's number one. I like to have fun with it. But then again, this isn't life and death. We're talking sports here. But, you know, if we could, if I could expose the evils of the NCAA, hell yeah, let's shine a light on it. You know what I mean? I kind of want to be like rebel against, you know, ESPN's so corporate now that you know that they're always, they're going to be on the side of management. You know what I mean? That's how they are. Customer's always right. I think the customer's an idiot often and should be told that. So that's kind of the style in which I'm going to approach this podcast. But again, like to have fun with it. Like to be silly. Um, not as serious as ESPN, obviously. Um, maybe not as goofy as Barstool Sports, maybe. I don't know. Not to knock those guys. They're very popular right now. Everyone likes them. They're a little sophomore sometimes in their humor. I'd like to go a step above that. So, you know, kind of a mix of that. Usually, typically, I have another comedian on the podcast, hence the title, Comedians Talking Sports. 
But since I've taken a few months off, I figured to relaunch the podcast, it's best if it's just me. Probably talk to you for about 30, 40 minutes or so today. Keep it tighter. Normally we go for about an hour. We also like to review sports documentaries, mainly 30 for 30s, but sometimes there's other sports documentaries that aren't 30 for 30 that are pretty awesome, you know? So I'll get into that. And uh, yeah, we just have fun with it. That's what we do here. So if you like sports, you're going you're to love this podcast. Go back and listen to previous episodes because what I like is that with each comedian I have on, I try to have at least a good chunk of the podcast that stand on, stands on its own. Uh, what's going on? Mick Betancourt was on the podcast, I want to say, almost a year ago, probably about a year ago, and we got into some UFC, MMA, combat sports talk, and that was a lot of fun because I was a novice at the time. I've gotten much better with MMA. I've been following it, not just the big fights. So I'm more into UFC now. Uh, boxing, I used to be. I'll get it. You know, I'll talk McGregor Mayweather in a little bit. I know that was a, over a month ago now, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it. And anyone who followed me on social media knows I got pretty revved up during that whole thing. That whole spectacle, as all the old dudes like to call it. This, this whole thing's a spectacle. They're making a spectacle of it. Oh, yeah, really? They're making a spectacle of boxing? Did you look up Don King, dipshit? It's been a spectacle for a long time. So I'll touch on that. Baseball playoffs, it's all set. That's starting this week. Wildcard games uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. My Cubs looking to repeat. They kick off in D.C. on Friday. Your boy Joey's going to game three on Monday. How about that? Yeah, looking forward to that. Hopefully we're up 2-0. Maybe we're going for a sweep. I Honestly, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'm predicting Cubs in four. But I'll get to all that. Throw you some of my uh, regular season awards. MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, all that. Pretty, pretty easy this year for the most part. NL MVP, a little tough. AL a little bit. AL Rookie of the Year obviously is not. NL Rookie of the Year is not. Cy Young's, I don't even think of that difficult either. I guess the AL one's a little bit close. And then I will also touch on, yeah, I'll talk about the Anthem thing. I'll rant on that a little bit. Why not? Podcast already started off on a serious tone, so I'll uh, I'll unleash my thoughts on that. All right, so right now, um, was there anything else I want to tell you guys? Yeah, so expect a new podcast every week. This will be dropping Monday evening, hopefully. If you're hearing this on Tuesday, that's because my computer did not have enough space cleared on it, which I've been having an issue with lately. I don't get it. I keep deleting stuff. There's something with the hard disk, hard drive, or whatever the hell it's called. I will figure that out. All right. So, um, again, Vegas, it's it's horrible, but do we honestly think anything's going to change? No. And I know I might have some people who are like, man, don't fuck with the Second Amendment, bro. Listen, bro. Uh, Second Amendment, man, like it says well-regulated militia. And also, furthermore, if you want a handgun to protect your home, you want a rifle to go hunting, nobody's nobody's talking about taking that from you. You're going to be fine, okay? We're talking about making it just a little bit more difficult for pieces of shit terrorists like this. And yeah, I called him a terrorist earlier, and I'm still going to call him a terrorist. Just because you're white, you kill that many people, you're a terrorist. I don't care. I don't like this label just for being foreign. No, we have domestic terrorism here. Timothy McVeigh was one, and now this Stephen Padlock guy is one. Okay, you guys might hear my son crying in the background. (laughs) That's another reason I've been on the long hiatus. Uh, You know, I got a baby now, and then we were living with my in-laws, and it just wasn't the right time to do it. Finally moved into the house. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. All right, I'm back. I had to pause to make sure my little boy was okay. Basically, I'm a stay-at-home dad during the day, comedian at night, and uh, also a podcaster. Also, just found out that Tom Petty isn't dead yet. And yeah, apparently it was falsely reported by the LAPD. Now he's still on life support. I mean, hopefully you pull through there, Tommy boy. 
you know, I, uh, you know, don't back down, man. I know I'm quoting a song. I'm, I'm that guy right now, but there you have it. Um, yeah. So where was I? Yeah. A lot of stuff going on right now. I, I didn't mention football. Of course, I'm gonna talk about the NFL. The NFL is in full swing right now. That's going to be part of the anthem protest, which I'm going to get into shortly. But right now I need Tyreek Hill to have himself a game because I'm currently three and zero in fantasy football. Just did one league this year. Like I said, I'm a father and I got to be a little more responsible. Maybe when the kid's a little bit older and, you know, is on a schedule. I'm seven months old. You know what I mean? A lot of unpredictability. Need to stay focused. I am the prize. So I uh, only did one league this year. The same league I've been in for like 11 years now with all my boys from high school. And I'm, you know, hot out the gate. Hot out the gate. 3-0. and Not only that, but most points in the league. And the most points against. Meaning I am beating the shit out of teams as they're having their best game. I think I have the most points by like only like 15 points because Tom Craddock came on strong the last two weeks. I beat him week one. and uh, But then after that, there's a big drop-off. I'm not really impressed with our league this year. Any of my friends listening? Tim Garcia? Uh, you're, he's good at in-season moves. And I told him this. I saw him at a wedding over the weekend. Colleen Gullery, Tim Finnegan, congratulations. Hell of a wedding. Nice party. Garcia, he makes some waiver wire moves where I'm really like, I'm like damn, that was a good one. You know what I mean? Some people don't know how to use the waiver wire. Michael Brogan. There's some people who just don't. It's a, it's a skill. It's an art. It is. You got to know when to pull that trigger. Some people just they, they stick it in their back pocket hoping for some, you know, rainy day in which some star running backs just going to emerge. Sometimes that rainy day never comes. You know? You see a little sunshine, you got to you got to get out there. Get out in the world, right? Let it hit your face. That means pick you know, strike while the iron's hot. I still think Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen. Wait, is that his name Tariq Cohen? I'm screwing this up. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be awesome. I, I do. And now that uh, Mitch Trubinsky, Trubisky, I almost said Trubinsky because I knew a guy named Trubinsky, no lie. Trubisky, uh, good old Mitch, we're going to call him Mitch, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, uh, replacing the disaster that walks like a man. His name is Mike Glennon. And, yeah, wow, ugly, ugly football from that guy. I remember one person said, I kind of feel bad for him because everyone hates him. He's making $14 million a year. Do not feel bad for that giraffe. And yes, he is a giraffe. He is the longest neck on a human being I've ever seen in my life. I mean, just ridiculously long. Imagine, like, if he had the normal size neck, he'd be like six feet tall. But he's got a neck of a giraffe, so he's like seven eight. He's not seven eight, but he's like six six. Still very freaky to. I mean, if he didn't make fourteen million dollars a year, he'd have trouble getting laid. I feel like, because that is not an attractive man right there. Looks like a thumb, like one of those weird toe thumbs. You ever see someone's got a toe thumb? Rumor was Megan Fox had a toe thumb. And I remember thinking, who gives a shit? Look at the rest of her. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So I I need uh I need uh my, my guy Hill on Kansas City to have himself a game. If he gets fifteen points, which he's actually done twice, two of his three starts, he's been fifteen. I think he was nineteen, fifteen, and like eight. He's been pretty consistent overall. So if he could just be right around his average, which has been about fifteen points, I'm gonna go to four and zero. Which would be nice, because if I not, I'm going to fall to three and one, and I think I'll fall to second place. Still have points, but Craddock had another big week, so he'll go past me. Anyway, uh, to the NFL, the big thing that everyone's been talking about during the first three weeks of the season has been the anthem protests. Which I don't even know why. I mean, there there are protests during the anthem. Let's be clear on that. They're not protesting the anthem itself, although the original anthem did have a couple slavery-related lyrics that they dropped. So that's a little fun fact for you. Go Google that shit. And it's not, yeah, everyone's just like, is it disrespecting the flag? Is it disrespecting the troops? Yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. You're wrong, though. I mean, that's not what they're doing. 
I, I for one, I, th- I think about this because I know so many people I know. It's really, it's, it's two sides of the same coin here. I have people I know who are, are just so against this. They're like, you do not disrespect that. And, and most of them haven't served. I mean, there's a few that have served. And I think they're probably against it. I don't know. I haven't really seen them be too outspoken about it. But I don't know. I think I learned at a very young age that it's America. You could do whatever you want. The flag could be both used as a symbol of pride and also as a symbol of oppression if if the person chooses it to be. I remember being like really young. My dad worked for the Chicago Park District on the south side. And I think I asked him because I think there was some flag burning thing or something going on. Not on the south side, but just it was in the news. Or I was I had to be like eight, I think. And I, I remember my gut instinct as an eight-year-old going, I like that flag. I waved that on the 4th of July and there's, you know, hot dogs. And that's a good time, you know. I don't like people burning that. And then he just told me, he's like, look, I don't like it either, but this is America. You can't, If someone wants to burn cloth, they're allowed to do that. That's freedom. And we're going, that is freedom. You know, so you could say you don't like it, but then that's almost like you're saying you don't like freedom. It really is in a way. And I know the other sides will have the freedom to think he sucks for that. Yeah, you do. But that doesn't mean you you should be taken away. And don't be one of those assholes who says, well, I can't do that at work. If I protest at work, I'd get fired. Do they do they play the national anthem at the office? They do that. That's a bigger question, too. Why do we start professional sporting events with the national anthem? It's a little strange. I'm a stand-up comedian. We don't have the national anthem before shows. I think the audience would be like, why are we doing this right now? I get it. It's like, hey, honor the country that's so great in which you could make millions of dollars playing a sport. I get that. But right now, they feel there's inequality. Hard to deny that. You don't walk in those shoes. I'm, I'm all for protests, especially the peaceful kind. So have at it. Take a knee. Especially if you know the why he takes a knee. Colin Kaepernick met with... Um, I'm blanking on his name. It's my first day back from the podcast, everyone. So, you know, he's a long snapper. He's also a Navy SEAL. The guy's a total badass. Oh, damn it. Anyway, they met. They had like a good two-hour lunch in San Diego. I read the article just recently. I don't have any notes in front of me. And uh, during the interview, during the interview, during their lunch, the guy said, hey, look, I totally support what you're doing. I, I get it. I see it from your angle. I, You know, I respect your right to protest. How about taking a knee instead? Because that's actually something we do. You take a knee with the flag to present it to a family of a fallen soldier. You know, sitting out, sitting's a little, you know, disrespectful. I find it disrespectful. He doesn't tell them don't sit, but they had they reached an agreement. Goes, I will take a knee. Okay. And what's the point of protest? Pro- point of protest is to make you feel uncomfortable. You know, I just don't get how, and I don't buy the narrative that this is why the NFL ratings are down. I think that's a very convenient thing that people are trying to push an agenda with. Notice how I said agenda too? Everyone's for free speech unless it's something they don't like. You know, think about that. I personally would hate it if everyone around going, Joe Kilgallen's a piece of shit with a tiny dick. I'd be like, hey, hey, they shouldn't be able to say that. But it's America. They're allowed to say that even though it's a complete lie. Fabrication. So... You can't you can't just pick and choose what parts of things you like. I hate when people do that. You gotta have some consistency. You could, and I don't like the love it or leave it crowd either. That's that's like ingrained in Americans. The whole love it or leave it thing. I see it all the time. It's like everyone everyone thinks there's two choices to everything. Republican or Democrat. You know? I see it in sports. I remember the the Bulls fired Coach Thibodeau 
and Chicagoans everywhere were saying we should have kept Tibbs because of the new coach, Fred Hoiberg, sucks. And I'm going to the school of, yeah, they both sucked. Move on. How about Why isn't there a third choice? You see that a lot. People say, should have kept Tibbs. Hoiberg sucks, should have kept Tibbs. No, we should not have kept Tibbs. We were going nowhere fast with him. It was obvious that he wasn't the man to bring us over the hump. He was a good regular season coach, sucked in the playoffs, ran players into the ground. He's going to do that with Minnesota too. Watch. Minnesota Timberwolves had three players in the top 24 minutes played. The only team to have that many players in the top 20 for most minutes played. So watch as Towns get injured and and Wiggins. You'll see. That's going to happen. So it's And people do that right now too. It's like you either love America or, or, or get the fuck out. Or how about there's that middle ground where people are like, no, I love it, but I still want to improve it. I love America, but there's parts of it that I'm very disappointed with lately. You know, there's too much money in politics. That's a fact. All right. See, this is, it's been a bad day. It's been a hell of a day to come back to podcast, huh? If you're listening for the first time, you got to be thinking, man, this guy go, everything weaves back into politics. Not really. I try not to. I have a whole podcast where I talk about silly bullshit. That'd be a fun name for a podcast, by the way. Silly bullshit with Joe Kilgallen. That might be my second one. Because I got a lot to say and I need to keep this about sports. Uh, I don't, I just, again, I don't buy the narrative that because, they said last year, because the NFL ratings were down last year, they're saying, because of Colin Kaepernick, you mean to tell me one guy taking a knee in San Francisco caused people, say, in South Carolina to stop watching the NFL? You know, it's a regional sport, meaning, like, I lived in L.A. the last three years. I'm a Bears fan. It was hard to watch the Bears unless they were on national television because they weren't my local game. I was getting Chargers and Raiders and then Rams, of course, last year. Denver, you know, I was getting at Cardinals. I'd get like that side of the country. So I, I don't buy that. I think that's just too easy for them to be like, this is why. And you know what's funny about the whole ratings thing? The ratings for everything are down. Do you know why? We've got Netflix, baby, Hulu, HBO Go. Everyone's got porn on their phone. Like there's just more options. The NFL is still number one in television ratings. It's just that everything across the board, I read the whole thing that all the fall pre, uh, premieres, all of them down. So it's just television in general. People aren't watching network TV the way they used to. Everyone's binging on shows. There's just, there's more, there's just different things to do. And then I felt last year, to be honest, had like three good teams in the Thursday night game. Like the Sunday ratings were still great last year. The Thursday, their overall ratings were down because I think Thursday dragged them down a little bit. I think they got too greedy with that Thursday game. Mark Cuban wrote a great essay about it, saying that they're getting too greedy. They owned a day of the week, and then Monday was like your little bonus. Monday was really Monday Night Football was invented for the gamblers. You guys know that, right? You lost your ass on Sunday. Hey, let's all right. I could turn this around. Give me one more game. Boom, Monday night right there. And it's nice for fantasy football players like myself. Got to get my boy Hill going. Let's see what does he got? What's he doing for me right now? You guys noticed I started this at three thirty, and now it's. 8.30 Monday, and you guys will be listening to this on Tuesday. There's no way I'm getting this up on time. Maybe midnight. If you guys are up, you'll check it out then. You know who's really fucked my fantasy? The tight end position is bullshit in fantasy football. He's got one point so far. All right, 14 more to go. 8.15 left in the second quarter. They're down 10 nothing to Washington, which is good. That means Kansas City will have to keep airing the ball out. He's only been targeted twice for 10 yards. I don't like that. got to target him more. So if they're down, that means less running, more passing. That's where I made a mistake this week. I had too much going on. I was moving into my house, had a wedding. I should have started Coleman against Buffalo, knowing Buffalo, um, knowing he would get passing yards. You know what I mean? I didn't. 
I started freaking Jarvis Allen, who really blows. Yeah, Javorius, Javarius? How do you say his name? Javorius Allen? There's some names that I only read for fantasy, so I don't want to see, you know, how often do I watch a Baltimore game live? The Ravens piss me off. They do that. They do this shit every year. They fucked me last year on that, too. I had Terrence West thinking, he, oh, he's the premier back. He had a game where he had like 120 yards on 14 carries. And then their coach, Harbaugh, is like, oh, we're still going to go with split backs. We're still going to, you know, shake it up a little bit. You know, we might have three running backs. We, might, we don't know yet. We don't know. It's like he hates fantasy football, that guy. Because that dude, he was killing it. I didn't. I benched him the one week. And then, so yeah, Baltimore, I can't trust him. I, I started him the one week. Sorry, there was another pause there. If you can, Buck Allen, I'm just going to call him Buck because that's what everyone's been calling him, I guess. He told seven yards and two carries while securing six catches for 37 yards on six targets. Why do you only have two carries? Seven yards and two carries isn't terrible. I don't understand. Here's what some note I got. Game script actually worked in Allen's favor this week as the Ravens were forced to throw in the second half. Don't say that worked in his favor. I hate that. I'm not. You know what? You gotta you gotta start the people you went to the dance with. That's all I gotta say right there. All right. Um, yeah, can you guys believe that Mike Glennon has a job, but Colin Kaepernick doesn't? This whole thing, I just and now the guys are kneeling before the anthem. So they're taking a knee. Then the anthem starts, and they all stand in lock arms. They're booing him before the anthem for taking a knee. It's, I don't get that. I don't get it. And it's always the – look, if you're, if you're a southerner, that's fine. I know some of my – some people – I love some people from the south, a lot of people from the south. But you can't be like rebel flag, I'm a rebel, and then get pissed off when people rebel. You know what it is? Because it's – you cannot fucking deny it's not racism. Can't. Can't deny it. They see black people doing shit, and they immediately fucking get pissed off. If there's a bunch of white people doing it under the Obama administration – Totally different. Remember Tim Thomas, goalie for the Boston Bruins? He declined an invitation to the White House when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011. I was like, oh, that's fine. That's his. I didn't care. I didn't care. I'm not a Bruins fan. So I wasn't. I didn't give a shit that one of my players wasn't going to the White House or they were disrespecting the office or anything like that. I remember going, oh, okay, he doesn't like the president. Back on with my day. Move down with my day. You know why? Because it's America. You have the freedom. Soldiers don't fight for a song. They don't, you know, they don't fight for fucking a piece of cloth that looks pretty, red, white, and blue. They don't. They fight for what the for the meaning behind it, sure, but they really they fight for your freedom. So you have the freedom to be like, you know what? Fuck that flag. You know what? Fuck this song. It's kind of a boring song to be honest. Maybe throw some bass in there, everyone would get up off their feet. I don't know. But you have the right to do that. So I didn't, like, I was an Obama fan. I have no problem admitting that. Liked him. Voted for him every time he's been on the ballot because I lived in Illinois. So I got to vote for him for uh, senator, you know. And Tim Thomas was like, I don't like the guy. I'm not going. That's fine. Totally cool. Steph Curry, same thing. Steph Curry's like, I don't like Trump. Not going. So Trump's like, well, you're not invited now. My, you can't come to my birthday party. Think of, This guy's a 71-year-old man who tweets. Think about that shit. If you're walking through a park... And you saw like a little a 71-year-old man on a bench just and his phone going away. You'd be like, this guy's a loser. Go play with your grandkids, you dork. What are you doing? Twitter. My dad is like the opposite of that. My dad's not 71. He's 62. Guy doesn't even have a cell phone. Thinks it's a fad. Thinks he called the internet a fad once, which obviously is hilarious. All right. So, so that's going on in football right now. Um, you know, it's too early in the season to really say who's going to be the dominant team and who's not. Uh... Patriots got upset by Carolina, but the Patriots have had that a few times. You know, they start two and two that one year with Brady, and everyone's like Brady done, and then he went on a crazy run. Last year they were three and one without Brady because he was suspended. So that's interesting. Uh Watson had a crazy game with Houston. 
yesterday. So that's a rookie to watch out for. He's a winner, that guy. He's a winner. Taking on Alabama's D two years in a row. I like him. One of their players have been fantastic to watch recently. I don't know. You know that oh man, that game in London. That's a bad export. That was that's an embarrassment to the flag. Wow. What a boring, boring game that was. I I woke up, turned on the TV. It's like, you know, 8.30 started America time. And it was just every play, flag, flag, stoppage of play. Then the refs, some of these refs just like talking, I feel like. They got to go out there and explain everything. Why can't they just throw a flag and then do a signal and then it's like, move on. It's only sport. I don't, you don't see that in NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. Imagine that they're stopping the play. All right, well, here's what happened. And this is why it happened. And now we're going to do this. It's like, just give us a signal. We know the signals. And move on. The announcers will tell us, oh, that means pass interference. That means roughing. That means holding. Okay, cool. Let's let's go. So they got to go out there, stop, hit their little microphone. The play on the field stands because that guy was very polite. So we're okay with this now. Yeah, that, that, that part of it's really, you know, Trump did talk. That was another thing, too. This A lot of this anthem stuff has gotten really revved up. Dude, Trump plays plays it well. I'll give him credit for that with the, with the whole playing the bass thing. He knows how to rev them up. Because then it makes it where it's like, hey, I'm on the side of the American flag. They're not. So now it gets them all you know, riled up. And here comes the donations and here comes the red hats and everyone gets all excited. Because there's money in dividing people. That's true. There is. All right. Well, I'm going to move on from the football thing because I'm sure that it's going to be a story that's just going to keep rearing its ugly head. This podcast is really just... I'm here to reintroduce myself, you know? I almost went to the Jay-Z song. I was that close to going to the Jay-Z song. Which, by the way, side note, Jay-Z uh, was the musical guest on SNL this past week. My buddy, Chris Red, Chicago comedian, uh, also was a producer of Comedians You Should Know Los Angeles with me, is uh, the, one of the newest cast members on SNL. So be sure to check that out. Uh, support my guy, Chris, there. The dude's hilarious. One of the funniest guys. Um, that dude just has it. He's got the it factor. He does. I remember the first time I met him, I told him, I go, dude, you're one of those dudes, like, I've known you for a week, but I felt like I've known you for five years. It's a good quality he's got going there. My air conditioning's kicked in, which is fine. All right, I wanted to talk about Connor versus Floyd, McGregor versus Mayweather. I know it was over a month ago, but I didn't get to really, I just want to sum it up this way. I lost a few friends over it. <laughs> By that, I mean Facebook friends. Bobby Hill, if I run into you, you know you're my boy still. I love you, man. Just your opinions were awful, and you were very, like, teenager about it in the sense where you just kept being a dick so i was like you know what i gotta drop you from facebook still follow on twitter you might disagree with what i just said but i'm standing by my man uh the problem i had was i called this right when it was announced i called it before this fight was announced the the genius behind mcgregor who really did start this back in 2015 on conan saying oh would i like to dance around with floyd for 180 million who wouldn't but that's like the clip everyone saw he goes on to say I, he basically hints that he's like, I couldn't beat him in a boxing match. He's one of the greatest boxers, technicians of all time. So he said, but there's many different fighting styles. I have to come out at him from angles he's never saw before. He says it in 2015. So I think he knew that, hey, if I'm going to do this, and McGregor does have a, box, a little bit of a boxing background. Obviously, he's never fought professionally. He fought as an amateur in Ireland when he was a teenager before. I think by the time he was like 17 or 18, he switched completely to MMA. And yes, there's striking that he works on. He is a striker, but his, his strength comes from counter punches. And you notice, though, in UFC, the hands are down a little bit lower. Now, obviously, he kept his hands up. Toward the end of the fight, his hands were hanging low because he was winded. 
And that's kind of what everyone predicted. I mean, McGregor's never gone that deep. You know, Mayweather was going to let him punch himself out. Mayweather said afterwards, he's like, I'm going to let him shoot his load. And then when he gets tired, I'm going to take it to him. And that's what made Mayweather exciting. And that's where McGregor said, hey, I made you fight like a Mexican, which, of course, some people immediately thought he was being racist. No, he wasn't. It was a compliment to Mexican people because Mexican fighters are actually very entertaining. I didn't mean actually as if I meant actually as opposed to every boxer ever at that weight class. They're the most entertaining as a group. They have an aggressive style. I really can't stand watching 145 pounders because there's just very few knockout opportunities. So, yeah, that's just how I've always felt about the lower divisions of boxing, lower weight classes. So I, I was saying that um, it was smart on McGregor's end because I'm like, this is going to be the biggest payday by far for the least amount of punishment. Even to, I could tell the people who never watched MMA, like the boxing fans that I'd seen in my timelines, were just like, oh, man, he got whooped. Up. You know, got his ass whooped. You know, he's getting knocked in the head there. He got messed up. I'm like, he's got one little bump under his eye that probably came from the edge of the glove, the sewing, you know. You don't watch MMA. That is the that is the best I've ever seen Conor McGregor look after a fight. Besides Aldo, which he knocked down 13 seconds, and even then Aldo, I think got a bump on him because he was swinging as he went down. That's the best I've ever seen McGregor look after a fight. Look at him after the Mendez fight, which he actually knocked out in the second round. Look at him after the Diaz fight, especially Diaz too, because that was an absolute war that he beat. He won. He won that one. Some people like to argue, oh, the judges should have said Diaz won. No, he won three rounds to two. It was easily McGregor won. He knocked, put him on his ass three times. I remember someone trying to say Nate Diaz is a better boxer than McGregor. I'm like, really? How come he couldn't knock McGregor down once where, where McGregor put Diaz on his ass three times? I like Diaz, but some of his fanboys get a little, they're, you know. You can't just make that stuff up. I don't know how, that's, that's the thing about the fight game. That's the thing about boxing. We saw it with Triple G and Canelo. We saw it with Horn and Pacquiao, what, early July, late June, I want to say. You got judges deciding. So then everyone just kind of interprets it their own way. It's like figure skating out there. I'm like, I think she won, but they might have liked her little toe loop better. I think he punched him 100 more times, but hey, they might have thought those other punches just looked a little cooler. I, I don't get it. I don't get the judge. They're all corrupt as shit. That's why everyone's like, oh, this fight's a spectacle. It's embarrassing the sport of boxing. The sport of boxing has been embarrassing to the sport of boxing. Are you kidding me? I used to be all about boxing, too. I mean, I was never that, like, I'll never pretend to be an expert on it, but I remember someone saying, oh, there's a big fight. I'd be like, yeah. We were watching like Pacquiao Marquez and a few other people, like, you know, going out for those, going to the bars and stuff. Yeah, it's a good time. I wasn't following it, like reading up on articles and seeing who the up-and-comers were, so I'm not going to pretend there. But, yeah, it's – it's. I, I switched over to MMA because I realized, like, this is, like, true fighting. It's several different styles in one. If one guy's a killer wrestler, all right, well, he's going to have to face a strike. Let's see how that goes. Or he might have to face uh, a, someone who's – you know, kickboxer, jiu-jitsu. There's just so many different things there. So that's what makes it intriguing. That's why when some people are like, well, you know, McGregor's 21-3 and three and they're trying to compare him to Mayweather who's undefeated, you could go undefeated in boxing. Really, Triple G should still be undefeated. He was 37-0. What I liked about him was 35 knockouts. That's awesome. That's another thing about Mayweather too where I said McGregor taking that fight's genius because you know you're not going to knock him out. But so many Mayweather fans, even after Mayweather had said here was the strategy, and we executed flawlessly. Of course he did. That experience goes so far in boxing. Think about all the times Mayweather turned his back and ducked completely. Like, McGregor didn't know what the hell to do there. He didn't see that in sparring. He was like, what? The, can I punch him in the back? Why is he showing me his back? Like, you know, it was probably frustrated him and annoyed him a little bit. But that's great strategy. It is. That's where boxing becomes the sweet science. That's where I do have a lot of respect for the sport. But even the people who are so, like, 
oh, it only went 10 rounds because Mayweather let it go 10 rounds? You mean to tell me Mayweather could have knocked him out in the first round? A guy who hasn't knocked anybody out in a decade, who doesn't have knockout power anymore? He didn't even knock him out in the 10th round. It was to TKO. He was hitting him. Dude was too tired to even put his hands up. That's how spent he was, McGregor. And still was going off the ropes. And he was and Mayweather's hitting him with everything he could. You know he wanted to knock him to the mat, but he couldn't do it. So, of course, he couldn't do it in the first round. He won in 10 rounds because that's when he could win. Well, what if he was aggressive right away? Then, then, then McGregor would have shielded him. He wasn't going to knock him out in the first four or five rounds. It just wasn't going to happen. He doesn't have knockout power. He knocked him out when he could. He let McGregor tire him out. It was a genius strategy. Got respect for the, what was in play there. But he could not knock him out in the first couple rounds. He couldn't. That's why he did it the way he did. He knows more than you do. That's what was so infuriating to me. Because I remember after that fight going, all right, that was more exciting than I thought it'd be. It's a good fight. I th- you know, I was a little disappointed. In some, you know, I was rooting for McGregor the whole way. I won't deny that. Obviously not a race thing. I just think Mayweather's a piece of shit, and I like MMA better. So I was going to root for the MMA guy. If it was Diaz versus McGregor, I would have done this. Or first Mayweather would have for, rooted for Diaz. Anyone. Because Mayweather is a horrible person who beats women. McGregor, a lot of people are saying, well, they're both horrible. I think McGregor is just ignorant to American culture and what you can and cannot say. I know a lot of Irish guys who will literally give you the shirt off their back. I could give you examples. I know a guy, if you're ever at the Galway Bay Pub, the guy Nolan who runs it, sweetheart. He'll, tell me, he'll call me a cunt for calling him a sweetheart. He uses that word a lot. He says some stuff that's very like, I don't know if you could say that, but he's like, oh, fuck you. I'm, ki- I'm kidding, you piece of shit. Like, and he's, I've, I, I know for a fact how many people he's helped when they've been down on their luck. And yeah, if you're around him, you might be like, uh, you know, that's just, not everyone's American. He's from Ireland. It's a different culture over there. It's a shit-talking culture. It is. The Irish ego, as Mick Bentoncourt has said, is, a, is a, it's a, an anomaly of nature. I think he said something like that. So yeah, I mean, when it comes to who's the better human being, McGregor is. I, don't, I do not believe McGregor's racist. People could argue with me on that all they want. They're entitled to their own opinion, and I think that's fair. I just uh, I think a guy who supported gay marriage in Ireland and was adamant about it when that was on the ballot a few years back, I, I don't see that guy as also being racist. I just don't see. Can you imagine? Just imagine your typical racist in your head. You can make him American. Can you see that guy? Just being like, I don't like the blacks and Jews. Sure, homos can get married. Like I don't, That's not really how that falls in line. It's, it's just not. And one of his best friends, I think, is uh, I think he's black because that's like, you know, it's such a cop out. You know, some racist guy goes, I'm my buddy at work. He's black. We're cool. No, it doesn't work that way. I just think he's ignorant. He said a lot of stupid things that he it's, just, it's selling a fight. But again, you don't I don't like selling a fight racist. I don't like the whole great white hype thing and all that kind of stuff. Great white hope. Great white hope was actually a decent movie. If I recall, it's been a long time. Yeah, so that was the strategy put in play. I thought McGregor, afterwards, I just wanted people to have a little respect for him because he didn't embarrass himself out there. Got a, got, yeah, I really only got like two really good shots in, but was landing a few. And he was ducking a lot, too. He landed more punches on Mayweather than Pacquiao did. Landed more punches on Mayweather. I think the second most punches ever landed on Mayweather. Even, people were like, well, Mayweather was on the shelf for two years. And it wasn't quite two years. It was about 19, 20 months, which, by the way, he had taken longer layoffs before. Granted, I know he was younger. Still, though, that experience, experience trumps so much in that game than just youth and power. You know what I mean? You take a 21-year-old who's, say, in his first or second match even, but his training boxing all the time, Mayweather still win. Mayweather will probably beat 90% of that field right now. I think Triple G or Canelo would probably take him down now, though. 
And I bet if May, I bet if McGregor had a full year to train instead of the three months, it'd be a better show. I still don't know if he'd beat him for sure, but it'd be a better show. That's for sure. All right, what else did I want to touch on with you guys? Follow that a little bit. Uh, oh, the baseball playoffs. We got Cubs Nationals starting off Friday. We got Dodgers waiting on the winner of the Rockies and Diamondbacks, which would be a huge upset if the Rockies won, I think, because the Diamondbacks, I, if I'm a Dodger fan, the Dodgers, you want the Rockies to win this game because I think the Diamondbacks beat them. I think the Diamondbacks beat them in six. I don't even think it goes seven. I think the Diamondbacks are that good. The Dodgers just won on an unbelievable tear. And that's why they were able to hold on and win that division. The Diamond, this is something I've talked about in past podcasts, but it actually helps my Cubs this year. I really wish all sports would go to like seedings. You know what I mean? Like a one seed versus the five and all that. And forget the divisional play. It used to be all divisions because you know they thought it'd be a way to make rivalries and everything, and, and for scheduling purposes, I'm sure. But now it would be great. Like especially in the NBA, think about this because there are times where. The team that represents the East is really like the fourth best team or the fifth. Remember in the early 2000s, like the Nets and 76ers went to the NBA Finals? They weren't the second best team. Those weren't the top two teams. If, if you're a big fan of sports, you want the best competition face-off, so you want the top two teams. So really the Diamondbacks would be the three seed, not my Cubs. The Cubs would be the four, Rockies five. So it would be the Cubs versus the Rockies in a wild card game. So obviously I don't want that. I want my Cubs to be – I think the wild card is as exciting as it is. It's almost unfair to have a 162-game season and have one game decided or anything. I mean – the Marlins, when well, the Marlins actually got pretty hot toward the end of the year, they were bad last year. But like the Phillies or the Giants or the Tigers or the White Sox, they could be a great team in one game. You never know what happens. It could be some freak play. Someone gets injured. Or pitcher has an off day, which happens. You see great pitchers get lit up every now and then. Chris Sale gave up like four home runs a couple starts ago. Oh, he's my Cy Young. All right, I'll tell you the awards. I'm not going to go into predictions for the series because I'll be back next week and I'll. Oh, I might as well actually because. Yeah, all right. I'll just I'll run it down real quick, and then I'll end the podcast. Been about almost forty five minutes. Uh, Cy Young, AL, Chris Sale, Kluber's close. My buddy Mike Bryanson, who used to do uh, comedians talking baseball with, uh, which was a great podcast. A lot of those stand alone too. If you want to go back to the archive on those on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher, uh, I agree with him. He actually laid his out right now, and the only one I'm a little bit like oh, I don't know. I kind of want to give it to El Tuve over Judge, even though Judge is a better player. Had a better overall, a little higher war, higher OPS, you know what I mean? They're very close, though. Um, I think, I just think what Houston, you know, winning 100 games and going, I don't know, it's tough. I think, see, I want to get Aaron Judge, definitely rookie of the year. Fuck it, I'm going to give him MVP, too. Guy's earned it. He's had an amazing season. You know, Trout's always right up there, too. Trout's probably second or third in MVP voting. Might, might be second if you're really. He missed, you missed 40 games, though. I count that. I do. I count that against you, even if you were really valuable before, though, because you make your team have to shuffle everything up. So I'll put him third. I'll give L2 a second. Judge, you're the MVP. And Rookie of the Year, congratulations. First guy since Ichiro, I believe, to do that. And I thought Chris Bryant going Rookie of the Year MVP back-to-back seasons was insane. It still is, actually, because Aaron Judge was drafted the same year as Chris Bryant. So Chris Bryant's got a couple years head start on him. And um, MVP in the National League. I'm going to go Stanton, actually. I decided to change my mind. Although Votto's been insane, I just like the idea of giving it to Stanton. Um, the 59 home runs. Uh, I think he had more runs created, though. Um, batting second. Oh, Votto's numbers were so sick, too. Could you do a tie? No, I'm giving it to Stanton. Home runs are sexy. Let's make let's make uh, let's bring baseball back a little bit. Make it fun again. 
Zick's been more fun recently. I, th- I think there's a, a youth movement in baseball right now that's going to help it going forward. And if Major League Baseball was smart enough to capitalize off of teams like the Cubs winning the World Series and all this youth and Chris Bryant and Mike Trout and these guys and Bellinger, he's the man out rookie of the year. That goes without saying. The guy from Pittsburgh had a nice year in Ian Happ. Those are my top three. Ian Happ's a Cub player. Um, what other award did I miss? Rookie of the year, Daniel's both. Uh, NL Cy Young's Max Scherzer. It is. It's back-to-back years. It's kind of boring, but that's just the way it is. No, but baseball, they should they should do something more. Keep that momentum going. Because last year's World Series was the highest-rated World Series of all time. Uh, you got both those teams back again. Cubs, Indians would be fantastic if there was a rematch. Of course, I'm rooting for my Cubs again. Um, in order of who I'm rooting for, I'm going to go Cubs. See, I think Indians, because I kind of like feel for that fan base a little bit, so I guess I'll go Cleveland there. Although, change that racist logo, huh? Um, third team I'd want to see win. No, Dodger fans are such dicks to me. Diamondbacks, I'll go three. No, they've won one already. Rockies. Rockies will be my third pick to win. Then I'll go Twins. Then I'll go Red Sox. I got family in Boston. I know they've won a lot, though. Then I'll go... Who am I missing here? See, I want to say no to the Astros because they got swept by the White Sox and thus ruining baseball for me for a long time because every... Southsider friend of mine wouldn't shut the fuck up. So I think the Astros, you're last on my list of teams I want to win. Cubs, Nationals, I like the Cubs in four. I'm going to game three. Looking forward to that. I think the Cubs might actually lose game one and then win three in a row. Um, I can't predict the wild card ones. Well, no, I, I got Diamondbacks and then I got um, Yankees. It'd be nice if there was an upset there, but now I got Yankees. They're going to win. It's in New York. It's a band box. They're going to have four home runs that game, I bet. Then I have... So in the next round, I'll have um, what's the ones it would be the Astros, Yankees, then right? No, Cleveland Yankees. I got Cleveland winning that, and then I got Boston beating the Astros. So Boston, Cleveland will be your ALCS. Um, I got a rematch of the Cubs, Dodgers. The Cubs will win this one in seven this time, and then it'll be um, Cubs and Cleveland in the World Series for a rematch. How do you like that? Do you like it? You might not. No, actually, I don't have the Dodgers. Screw that. I have Arizona. I said that earlier. I got the D-backs, Cubs, and that series is going seven. Won't be a rematch on that side. And I'm a homer. I'm picking my Cubs to win the World Series, and that's that. That's how it's going. All right. um, I will have a guest next week, and then we'll get back to – we'll dive more into this stuff because, of course, it's going to be a story with the NFL. I'll actually get more into, like, uh, some fantasy stuff for you. Um, like my page on Facebook, that's simply Joe Kilgallen. Like Comedians Talking Sports with Joe Kilgallen. I think I'll be doing some more live stuff um, on Facebook. I think I'm going to bring back my fantasy football show now because now that I'm in Chicago again, I was living in Los Angeles before, time zone's a little bit better. I had to wake up way too early in L.A. for that stuff. Game start at 10 a.m. out there. It's madness. So, um, again, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, tell your friends, and you guys have yourselves a great week. Be safe.